What's up, guys? Cameron here. I'm Aaron. And I'm Matt. Welcome to another edition of Tinseltown Thunderdome. In today's episode, we'll be introducing a new game called Movie Roulette for the year 1994. Why did we pick that random year? Well, I'll tell you. That was the year Brazil won the World Cup. Nancy Kerrigan was attacked. Nelson Mandela was elected president of South Africa. I Saw the Sign was the number one song. But most importantly, it was the year I was born. There were also some great movies that year. Let's explain how this game works. We'll each spin a roulette wheel, but instead of numbers, we'll be landing on one of five movie, movie categories. The five categories are drama, comedy, thriller slash horror, blockbuster, and wildcard. Wildcard can be any type of movie, for Blockbuster to be eligible, the movie must have made at least $100 million at the domestic box office. At the beginning of each person's turn, they will spin the movie roulette wheel to determine the category. When a movie is selected, it is no longer eligible for others to select. Then at the end, we'll do a quick comparison and let the listeners vote on who made the best selections. Before we get into it, do you guys have any thoughts on the year 1994? Where were you? What were you doing? I was I was 12, and I watched a lot of these movies. I think I've watched probably over 100 movies that came out in 1994. Just a lot of fond memories. In theaters? I didn't see 100 of them in the theater, but I did. Um, I probably saw at least a dozen of these in the theater. Back then, maybe a movie a month. I was getting myself myself acquainted with the new bedroom that I was going to sleep in since a new child was coming into the world. Um, <laughs> that was, that was a, a disturbance in the, uh, in the force, but so I was not one movie a year. I mean, one I movie was a actually watching more movies than I've ever watched in my life. There was a great little movie theater in the mall down the road, uh, mall St. Vincent, uh, rest in peace. Um, and, uh, I would ride my bicycle down from my house, and if I went to the matinee showing, it was $3.75 during the week, um, and four fifty for a nighttime showing during the week, so it was a steal. I could almost always come up with that much change out of the couch cushions, and I saw so many movies, so many movies. Um, really amazing year for, for movies for me. Let's get into the game, shall we? Let's do it. Okay, so first off, let's see who goes first. I have my handy-dandy uh, order-determining wheel. Let's spin it. It's currently spinning. Going first is Matt. That was the most dramatic wheel spin. I wish I could have uh, streamed that. We, I hope we put some sound effects yes. on that. <laughs> I hear the sound effects, but I'll, I'll put some sound effects when I edit the show. That was it. Literally, the the ticker on the wheel is like a millimeter onto the mat wow. section. <laughs> okay, so Matt goes first. Let's see who goes second, and then I will go second. Aaron, you are last. No surprise. <laughs> oh, should we? Um, we didn't really discuss this beforehand, but should it be a snake system? Hmm. I, that's fine with me. I, I really, that's I have no. Yeah, that, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'm happy to I do feel two like that's fair. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter since we're not 
Oh, no, it does matter because yeah. we're selecting. I would yeah, always it be last. It matters. It matters. Uh, <laughs> I was just thinking of the categories, but yeah, it definitely matters. Um, okay, so Matt goes I'm first. Ready. I will spin the wheel for you. All right. You are doing Blockbuster. Oh, wow. Blockbuster. Blockbuster oh, films need blockbuster. to be 100, really have brought choose? in 100 million or more, correct? Correct. At the domestic, domestic box, box office. office. There aren't a ton to choose and, from. Um, mm, there's a few. There are not. There are nine. Yes. So we will each have one for sure. All right. I'm going to put this out there. It's a conventional choice. The Lion King. Um, this movie, when I saw it, was the best or second best animated film that I had seen because I loved Aladdin also. Uh, but I, I, it really it captured my imagination. I wasn't like at that time. Cartoons were for young, like younger kids. I was twelve, but uh, other you know, 12 year olds did like that movie a lot would sing what I just sang. And also Hakuna Matata. Um, it's Hamlet, the Serengeti. It's, um, I mean, I didn't recognize the Hamlet story there until later. Um, happier ending, but, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think it's a real masterpiece of Disney. Um, the music's great. Um, it captured cultural imagination for quite a while. Um, you know, we're seeing renditions of it even now. Um, and I think it was the highest grossing film of the year as well. So maybe a lazy choice, but that is the film that was a blockbuster that probably seized me the most over time. Yeah. We're about to get a, did y'all hear about this new Mufasa movie that we're getting? It's like the sequel to the Lion King. Is Daniel Glover going to be Mufasa? Or wait, is it Mufasa or is it? No, it is Mufasa. It's, it's Mufasa like a prequel. prequel. I mean, um, I I'm pretty yeah. burnt out on these Disney prequel sequel. Yeah, um, I am aware of it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I thought Wait, it was Aaron, what did you add in the clouds? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not a, a post cliff fall. It was. Mufasa. It's where Mufasa meets Soul. It could be. It could be kind <laughs> of that Soul approach. That would actually be kind of interesting. Yeah, I got that. Pixar's revival. No, I mean it's a great movie. It's a classic. I was saying it was Donald Glover Mufasa. He's oh, uh, he is didn't he? play Mufasa in in the. I think he played he, Simba. Was he? He was Simba. Simba. I think they had James Earl Jones yeah. um, play Muf- Mufasa. Again. Yeah, they did. I think you're right, but I mean, can he keep doing it uh, as a young <laughs> Mufasa? Can we imagine James Earl Jones trying to play like a young Mufasa? <laughs> Or would he sound the same? Well, they de age his voice. Younger? I mean, I think they did have <laughs> James Earl like Jones play Anakin in um, in Obi Wan and all these other shows. Wasn't isn't that him? They just sort of de aged him. <laughs> oh, maybe I haven't seen. Maybe I haven't seen. I mean, those. he does sound like an old version of Hayden. No, it's definitely a de aged Hayden Christensen weird AI thing, <laughs> and I can't watch those anyway. Oh my god! Okay, let's move on to my selection. drama that's okay that's a big one i'm not happy about you getting that we don't see the wheel so Let's we don't see. know if there's real randomness man here. i really should have reviewed yeah, really the second can't, time before i can't trust this. cameron's wheel roll will spin 
Okay, I will take. No, you not. Oh, he no, just changed it because not. he said that. Oh, I do, I do, because I, I know thank exactly God I scrolled down take. further. Totally know what you're gonna take. Can I guess? Can I guess the first letter? Sure, you can guess actually. First letter is S. No, it can is. You read Wait, it? yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is. <laughs> well, no, I guess I was, the first was, letter is T, and then no, no, I was the article some, goes away. <laughs> I was doing some strategy on whether I should take it on this or something else. Yes, I will be taking the movie that you are talking about, Aaron, The Shawshank Redemption. Not much to say about this movie that hasn't already been said. Absolute classic. Love it. Very formative movie for me. When I eventually saw it years later, did not see it in 1994. Those prison scenes, a good good sort of nurturing environment. No, it's an amazing movie. Frank Darabont. Comes in, drops two bangers with this and Green Mile, and then kind of disappears. Um, makes The Walking Dead, and then don't know why he hasn't made another great movie. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's so much I could say about this movie, but I'm just going to leave it short. If Love I'm it. not mistaken, looking at the numbers, it's domestic take over like quarter four when it was out in 1994 was around the same as what the Jungle Book cartoon re-release made in one week over Christmas that year. I should probably also say that it's definitely in my top five. There was a window, a brief window, where it was my favorite movie, and that window closed. But it was my favorite movie for a short period of time. Um, yeah, fair. It, it's, it's, it, has, it has lost a little bit of its sheen for me over the years. I'm not sure... Exactly. I am sure why, but it, anyway, it, but it is a fantastic film nonetheless. Great. Leave us in suspense on why it's lost its sheen. I just think, I, I think Stephen King tells stories that are really great, but not Kubrickian. At, they're not at that level of, mm. they're, they're great, but they're not. So is, is your, you know, what's interesting is I always forget that it's a Stephen King, uh, Stephen King story. So Aaron, is your test case, the like book versus film, the shining is that, I mean, that's, I think what I'm saying is Kubrick made the shining better than the book. That's what I'm saying. (sighs) I think most people agree unless they read the time to read the book or are Stephen King themselves. Wow. I like that. I like that too. I didn't really hear it, but we well, didn't like hear it. it. Can you not hear me? <laughs> no, I need to fix my my volume on my mic. Okay, Aaron, the handy dandy wheel is spinning for you. Ooh, you're choosing thriller or horror. Oh wow, this is this is fantastic. Okay, I had three that I would I was going to choose from in case you stole one of mine. Any of you. But I'm going to go with the one that's at the tip top. And it's something that is set in your backyard, oh, Cameron. Can mm. you guess? Can you guess? Maybe. I know. It's Maverick 2, Maverick Undead. Uh, interview yeah, exactly. with the Vampire. Wait, are you serious? I'm dead serious. You're saying Interview with the Vampire? Okay, we got to hear it. Go on. Give us oh, a shot. Interview with yeah, the Vampire is a phenomenal film, super underrated. I wow. think it all the drama around Tom Cruise's like intimidation around Brad Pitt, his need to wear like elevated shoes, the Kirsten Dunst appearance. You mean Ron DeSantis' heels? <laughs> right. 
Um, I thought Brad Pitt was like peak long hair Brad Pitt in this film. Like this was like, there's also a scene in Interview with the Vampire where it's like, he's like a plantation owner, but it's like this Thomas Jeffersonian thing going on where he's like, got a relationship with um, one of the, one of the slaves and there's like this crazy, I don't know, the whole thing's crazy, but there's a line from that film that there's a line from that because there's a fire that erupts and and anyway you know it's vampires but this was like this was before the vampire craze in film and tv so it like it sort of kicked start started the whole thing which was awesome unto itself um and there's a line in it where he's playing poker meaning any movie that that jump starts a genre that lasts for a bajillion years is pretty impressive thank god Um, we got twilight and then there's a scene where he's where um, Brad Pitt is playing poker, and there's like I don't think it's like it's almost dual like scenario that goes on. He says, "You lack the courage of your <laughs> conviction," and that line was like, I, I I have never given up on how important that line <laughs> is in cinema and how underrated it is. So yeah, for the that formative line for you, good. yes, yes, it's got your boy Tom Cruise yeah. in it. I can't believe you haven't revisited that. It, I, mean, I think it's a. I think it's Antonio a good movie. Yeah, I, really I need to revisit. I, for some reason, I think I've been influenced by a lot of like the mixed reviews of it, where I like am not interested in rewatching it, but I should. Okay, I this take your. A, I take both your words for it. This is a great example of where the book is better than the movie, and the movie was still a great movie. So I've mm. read the book, and the book is goes into so much more depth, and the characters mm. are more rich. But the movie is still impressive and right. and well worth a watch, um, mm-hmm. and of course it's it's a local favorite. I mean, yeah, you've got Anne Rice out of New Orleans. It's a New Orleans setting. It's very cool. Good pick. Mm, that means you go again because we're doing snake. Snake it. I'm ready. Okay, the wheel is rolling. Your second pick will be comedy. Wow. So this is a tough one. This is a tough one. I think I've got to go with Dumb and Dumber. It was was a toss-up. There's a a second choice, but I'm going to go with Dumb and Dumber. It it has held up as over-the-top comedy through the years. It's still got so many classic scenes. Um, I don't know. Jim Carrey... uh, even though um, he's done all sorts of more impressive projects, it's hard to ever remove that bowl cut from my mind when I see him. <laughs> it will it will live on in infamy forever. It's there's iconic. The, there's the scene with the uh, the 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 bottle of piss and the cop, and like I I mean, it, it is it is designed for one age group and one gender but man does it resonate i need to it's another one of those movies i really need to revisit i haven't i haven't watched it in so long i remember really liking it when i was a kid um did y'all ever see the sequel no i did see dumb and dumber dumb and dumber was it dumb and dumber or was it something like that it was something like it was something i think it was just like in er they had a prequel and a sequel the prequel was not the ferrellis and i think that's Sorry, the, the prequel did not have the, yeah. the stars, and the sequel. Right. 
did. The sequel had the stars. stars. And it, it, yes, it, it I saw the sequel. Terrible. It was not as good, but it was not. I it was not bad. terrible. Yeah, it was not yeah. terrible, but it was yeah. not as special as the original. Uh, okay, so that's my turn now, right? I am doing thriller horror. Okay. I'm picking Leon the Professional. Another formative movie for me that I saw years later. Probably in my top 10 favorite movies of all time. Um, Natalie Portman. Young Natalie Portman. Like 12 years old. Absolutely kills it. She could have been nominated for an Academy Award as far as I'm concerned. Amazing movie. I don't have much to say about it. It's just incredible. Uh, yeah. I have absolutely nothing to say about it because I've never seen it. I still it. haven't seen it and I need to see it. Highly recommend. Amazing movie. Cool. Go check it out. Moving up the queue as we speak. Oh, it should be towards the top. It's been in my top 50 queue for probably the last 20 years. One day we'll make it. Okay, Matt, your turn. The wheel is spinning. While the wheel's spinning, I'll just say maybe with... Um, Fincher's The Killer, you'll go on a hitman spree and check out the prof- Leon the Professional after. Yes, that would be better yeah. than killing people. Have y'all seen The Killer, by the way? Is it out? It's been out. I've seen it three times. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you are selecting thriller horror. This was tough because I've mined, there's only one like proper horror movie I've seen from 1994 and that's Interview with the Vampire, which was my choice. I have not seen Leprechaun 2 or Silence of the Hams, which is a movie. <laughs> um, I have not seen Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Um, I haven't seen any number of other films. Um, there are a lot of cheesy horror movies that year. So I pick as my thriller because um, at this time, the amount of blood, excitement, death, um, anxiety trepidation experience watching this movie was high and that's pulp fiction um early early quentin tarantino when you haven't seen any quentin tarantino i think well okay pulp fiction if you haven't seen any tarantino i think is like a, is it, it can it can really read like a thriller um i remember being on the edge of my seat when certain characters were basically facing imminent death uh, particularly john travolta when he's trying to take care of his boss's wife at any moment, anything can go wrong. Things do go wrong. Um, everything with uh, Ving Rhames is on the edge of a knife. And then, of course, the bookend scenes in in the in the um, in the diner uh, are explosive, and anyone can have their brains blown out. And 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 it's it's I think it's the first movie I saw where the violence was truly shocking. But like I I could say somehow not like it was gratuitous but it had a point which is very weird to say like it was i had heard about pulp fiction and i and quentin tarantino and people were like oh he's just trying to you know he's just trying to shock people trying to get attention and i saw the movie and it's it's a work of genius so um yeah one of that's one of my top films and maybe my favorite quentin tarantino but We'll have to explore that if we do a QT podcast. I'm 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 depressed. You you stole one of my films from me, which is um, <laughs> really deeply hurtful. But um, it's an excellent choice. Could fit into a couple of categories. Excellent choice. 
Yeah, Thriller was kind of a stretch, but I really was looking. I took all the horror and Thriller already. This is why I like the format that we've decided to go with, that it's like we're we're beholden to whatever category we pick, and that can like screw us out of certain movies. But um, yeah, great choice. Okay, so that means, is that mean? Oh, no, that's you again, Matt, right? Yeah. Okay. And you are now picking Wild Card. So this is any movie. So I, w- I was really looking forward to Wildcard because 1994 is an incredible f- a year for Chinese language films. Some of the best Chinese language films by some of the most incredible Chinese directors in history, uh, or Chinese language directors, I should say, and it, because I'm Ang Lee is among them, um, a, a Taiwan based director it's hard to choose from how many good films there are this year I, i'm gonna miss some there are several kung fu films including legend of drunken master jackie chan um but eat drink man woman um from ang lee is an amazing film so I, i'm sort of cheating here i'm doing a lot um <laughs> uh to live uh, Zhang Yimou. Zhang Yimou has been maligned in recent recent decade and a half as kind of like a state director but the movie to live it comes out as the same year as forrest gump it is kind of the a forrest gump of china but much more somber serious but at the same time even more comedic than forrest gump set across those same decades but in china forrest gump does not appear in the film to play ping pong however but i'm going to choose in this like sort of super packed um omnibus wild card a film by the director of Ashes of Time, which was also released in 1994, which is a, which is like an old style kung fu serious drama. And that director is Wong Kar Wai. And the film that I'm going to pick is a film that Quentin Tarantino has himself promoted, and that's Chunking Express. Uh, Chunking Express is a just a special film. Um, I don't want to spoil too much. Um, I will say that it, it's the film is vignettes. Um, in spite of the name and coming out in a year where there are a lot of Hong Kong, Taiwan, and mainland China directors doing action-packed films, there is no action in this. Well, there, there's there's not it's not it's not an action film or a kung fu kung fu film, um, but it's a film about relationships. It's in the city of Hong Kong. It is. Simply a unique film, and if you haven't seen it yet, I, I strongly recommend you go see it. And I'm not just saying that because Quentin has said the same thing. Just to check, how many films did you pick there? <laughs> I think I, I listed about six or so. <laughs> but in Chunking Express, there's several vignettes, so I feel like it, it works. But Wong Kar Wai had two seminal films that year. Yeah, I mean, it's an amazing movie. I Wong Kar Wai is like just... A visionary, Chunking Express, in the mood for love, um, are just seminal movies for me. Uh, so yeah, great choice. Wish I could have grabbed it. I was probably gonna go for that in Wild Card if it was still around, but I had a suspicion that you were gonna take it. If you, yeah, unfair for me to swipe like most of the Chinese language films that that hit the international scene that year. But anyway, Aaron, you have not seen it, have you? I have not seen Chung Kong okay. Express. Well, that should definitely be on the queue. So add that. Above or below Leon? Below. 
Just okay. below. Perfect. Leon and then Chunky. But in the mood for love, I'd probably put above both of those. In the mood for love is is one of my all time favorite films, but from the year two thousand, if I'm not mistaken. So. All right, I am picking comedy. This is a tough year for comedy. Like it is not a great year. Great movie year, but a little weak on the comedy. Okay, I'm going to take Maverick in comedy. Strong choice. This is. <laughs> surprisingly a a kind of not super well-known movie but an absolutely entertaining fun romp starring mel gibson and jodie foster uh and james brolin and is so fun um is so clever has such great dialogue jodie foster mel gibson have amazing chemistry on the screen yeah super underrated movie there's a great scene. There's a great scene in Maverick where there's a, a Native American with whom you at first don't know if the Native American speaks English, and later find out that he's in on the con, and it's just masterful. I, I let my kids who are just the right age watch it, and at first they're like, "This is boring," and then about thirty minutes in, they couldn't <laughs> get enough of it. It was awesome. So the the humor worked. I think Mel Mel Gibson should star in a uh, sequel called Maverick Top Gun. <laughs> I think I saw it probably around the same age as your kids saw it, Aaron, because it was like one of the movies that was in your Rolodex of CDs, of DVDs, I should say. And I was like, what is this? And I think we watched it together. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And I've I was like, so many times. yeah, awesome movie. <laughs> Matt, have you seen Maverick by chance? I haven't seen Maverick. Um, I should see Maverick. It should be on your queue. Not super high, but it should be on yeah. your queue. I love the lukewarm recommendation. It's a fun family movie. It's not the kind of movie you need to spend, expend your personal time watching. It's like, watch it with Jack when he's the right age. Yeah, I mean, he's seven and, and he's into con artists um, because uh, we in his latest uh, two soccer games ago, there was this kid who was an amazing flopper. It was like Premier League level flopping. Nothing happened near him, and he covers his face and drops to the ground and gets gets a call. And so he was like, Jack was very interested why someone would utterly cheat slash con someone in a game. So I think he's kind of curious about that. Aaron, you are up. You have blockbuster, wildcard, and drama left. Wild card. Wow, I somehow knew this was going to happen. Okay, I think I'm going to have to go with The Client. This was a film that is neither the best uh, Grisham film, nor the best, um, I don't know, like crime thriller type movie that Tommy Lee Jones has starred in. But it's a nice package. And it really, it really works well. It's a kind of, it's set in the South. It's got this kind of um, uh, familiar territory that's being tread for me. And it was a, it was a nice taut thriller. Um, It's also like the kind of getting towards the end of that uh, courtroom drama, that the peak of that courtroom drama in cinema 
period. And so there was, it was like the last film where I can confidently say this was not getting long in the tooth. It was still like, oh, I want to go see this. Um, this is not like the umpteenth time that they've done a courtroom drama and we're going to like see how it plays out and whether or not the jury was, you know, selected by weird means or whatever, you know? Um, so it was cool and it was a, it was a good flick. So I'm, I'm, I, I wouldn't say, um, I would have picked that had other choices not been stolen, but this is, this is a good, a good spot for it. Good movie. Is this, is this with Tommy Lee Jones and Susan Sarandon? Yeah, I've Joel been Schumacher meaning to film. watch this. I've not seen this movie, and I I want to watch it. I hear about it all the time. Yeah, Mary Louise Parker. It's, I, it came on TV so many times, and I just couldn't bring myself to. It seemed like one of the most boring Grisham stories, but I need to because it's no. The, I can I tell like you JFK definitively vibes, the most JFK boring. Vibes. The most boring Grisham movie and book is The Rainmaker. Yes, without oh my a doubt. God, I the read, Rainma- I read the book. Isn't that and the Matt the Damon and Harvey Weinstein one? Yes, that one is yeah. not. <laughs> it's very, it's very deep and meaningful, and yet exceptionally boring. You know, no matter yeah. what they try to do to make it interesting. It's just not. And Coppola directed that. And I watched yeah. it and I was like, oh my God, this oh, is like yeah. watching paint dry. This is yes. horrible. Yeah. Yeah. What is your favorite John Grisham movie? Um, a Time to Kill is is my favorite, although The Firm really? is a close second. Matt? Uh, the Firm. But I haven't yeah. seen that many. Same. I haven't seen A Time to Kill. And I rewatched The Pelican Brief recently because... Am I, who's, who directed it? Wasn't that directed by um, the guy who did The Devil's Own? Um, I don't. The guy who died, who got a pole through the face, uh, in in uh, driving in Long Island, Pakula. Yeah, Pakula. Yeah, yeah, exactly. A parallax view. And yeah. So I've been wondering, and I don't know. We'll we'll see if we're gonna get to the other towering pulp writer figure that John Grisham makes me think of, but we'll have to see. So I guess I'm up again. Let's see yes. if I if I end up with this towering Watch pulp him do fiction it. writer. Okay. So you have drama and blockbuster left. Oh my god. Right on the edge again. Blockbuster is what you will be picking. Oh. Super easy, true lies. Let's do this, baby. A quick quick story. I I'm I'm it's <laughs> as you've heard, um my brother Cameron is is in the womb. Um, my dad and I uh, are going to go to the movie theater. My dad never goes to the movie theater. He's an immigrant. He he used to watch movies in the movie theater when he was young, but now it's like this is you know passe. It's just not his thing. But he succumbs to all my begging and decides to go to the movie theater. I have begged him to go watch Clear and Present Danger, a movie that I've been waiting forever to see with my favorite movie star. And we get to the movie theater and we go to buy tickets and I, we get to the window and my dad's like, Oh look, there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger film. It's uh, true, true lies. We should go see a uh, true lies, Baba. And I'm like, um, but I thought we were going to go see clear and present danger. And he's like, <laughs> You go see a clear and present danger. I will go and see the true lies. And he <laughs> left me and went and watched another film at the movie theater while I watched Clear and Present Danger. And that was my outing to the movie theater with my dad. So uh, I had to watch True Lies later. I went back and watched it. 
It was phenomenal. It was just an unbelievable romp. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is, I think, peak action figure at that point. Jamie Lee Curtis is, I mean, I don't think of her as an attractive woman, but she's very sexy in this film for a 13-year-old kid. And I was like, man. Formative scene. My dad was so right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That made you into a man that day. That's right. Wait, so when did you go back and see it in the theater? Oh, yeah. For sure. Mm. Who'd you go with? You just, just by myself. Buddies or? No, I just went by myself. No, his dad. You walked, you like walked dad, and then This was the, the bicycle ride place. His dad was all clear present danger. They flipped. Yeah. Oh, you took your bike there? Did, they, did you lock it? Yeah, I'm sure I had a lock for my bike. I can't remember for sure. But You I, rode your bike to the movie theater. Those were different days. Mm-hmm. I like it. No, I saw True Lies actually with my parents in, on pay-per-view. It was one of the earlier... I had seen a lot of rated R movies by then, but it was probably the first one I saw with my parents. And yeah, we loved it. And we were cracking up at just Arnold. I remember we watched Eraser when it came out after that. Like our family just loved watching Arnold movies. I mean, my my dad chose instead of going to watch the film where they malign drug dealers from Latin America, he selected (laughs) a film in which he was basically the terrorist. And then he came out of it saying, that was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> where is the terrorist from again in that movie i don't like something something stan i mean they don't even i don't think they actually say because because 10 years later it would have been probably serbia or something because there's just a time like with the 24 season one and stuff where the bad guys were like Dude, serbia they, they, oh my god the terrorist of the late 90s oh my god the terrorist in true lies has like jerry curled hair and like is just I mean it is such an outlandish film but on on every possible level I love the scene where he's like drugged and he's like stumbling around and like trying to see if he can get his hands on the gun it just it's like it's so campy and amazing it is it is like the perfect combination of or the perfect use of Arnold Schwarzenegger with his like comedic skills and his action stardom and it's like just a perfect marriage of those two. Dad, you kill people? Yeah, but they were all bad. <laughs> and his partner was hilarious. Who was that guy? He was like Tom that guy. Arnold. Tom, Tom Arnold. Arnold. Yeah. That guy. <laughs> Tom Arnold, he's doing espionage, right? Didn't he have the Trump tapes and stuff? Do what? Or am I mixing him up with someone else? No, I think he might be mixing him up with someone else. No, I'm going to Tom Arnold from True Lies? Has, don't leave me hanging here. Could be, Come could on. Be, up in could be what's his name? Oswald Patton. It could be either one of those guys. They look it's not the same. Patton, Patton Oswald. Don't, <laughs> listen to this. There's a documentary that came out five years ago called The Hunt for the Trump Tapes with Tom Arnold. What? Or did he, he have the tapes it? from The Apprentice? Or does he Amazing. have something involved in this? No, he, he, he either had them or he went to find these tapes. That is so random. Like outtakes. Like, no, like, wait a minute. Like Hold Billy on. Bush let's connect, let's connect this, though. Isn't his ex-wife, Roseanne Barr, a trumper? His ex-wife I is I think Roseanne that might have been part of was the that whole thing. Whole thing? thing? I'm trying on. to like figure out if there's like a personal vendetta. No, I think there is, but it's, it's, it's unclear who's motivated by which. Like, if he got it for Trump because of her or if she started loving Trump because of him. Amazing. I have to tell a quick story, though, about our dad as well, Aaron. You had that fun movie-going experience with him. I had a similarly classic dad 
being a dad experience. We go to see 300, and I'm, I think, you went, you, wait, 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 wait. you went with your dad to see 300? My dad took me to go see 300. Can you give a little total, bit of background? Total, give a little bit of background about your dad. Masochist. Yes, total okay, masochist. so my dad is Iranian. But you have to give the background because this yeah. is ridiculous. So my dad is Iranian, and he finds that any, he's like a classic Iranian. Anytime a movie or anything involves Iranian culture or an Iranian person, they have to partake and they have to see what this is all about. He hears about this movie, 300. Definitely should not have been going to see this movie at that age. And um, he takes me to go see it. And he's like, this is about Iran. Let's go see what's going on with this. And he, he always says it with like a suspicious tone. He's like, let's see what this is well, about. Well, he should have been suspicious. <laughs> so he goes to see the movie. And of course, for those who know nothing about 300... It is a classic Zack Snyder with the Persians who are made out to be literal monsters. Like one guy is like a crab with like crab arms and the claws, I think. And then like the king Xerxes is on like a palace that's literally being carried by slaves. And like Xerxes is 15 feet tall and is like pierced everywhere. It's ridiculous. It's complete silence as we walk out to the parking lot. We get into the car, looks at me, and he says, do not tell anyone that we saw this movie, especially your mom. (laughs) (laughs) So taken aback by the ridiculousness of what was going on in the movie and the fact that I was there with my dad, it was something that I will never forget. He's like, Baba, you have shut your mouth and you never talk about it again. So just for, for some context, um, Cameron, I think you were exactly the same age when you were brought to 300 as Aaron was when he was left in clear and present danger. Wow. Uh, you're both around t- 13, 12. Like it was the same, it's the same exact It's the equivalent, it's it's the equivalent of the burden bees conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we ever spoke of that movie again in his life. Like that movie never came back up. Anyway, Matt. I think you, it's it's you, right? Where are we at? Yeah, it's you, Matt. Uh, I, I think you may have jumped because Aaron said true lies. Oh. So I don't know if Aaron has a second or if it's back to you. Oh, no, it, it's back to me because he did the client. Okay. He did wild card and then blockbuster. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. I am chomping at the bit, but I want to be fair. <laughs> fair enough. Thank you for that. Okay, so I have wild card and blockbuster left. <laughs> Okay, I have wild card. So now I got to be strategic here because there's two movies that I definitely want. But you only have two slots left though, right? I only have two slots left, right. But I can't Man, you're aiming high. I can't wow. risk okay. for you to take one cuz I don't have the luxury of choosing twice. Choose wisely. Okay, I'm going to take in wild card Speed. I saw that one coming. Dun, 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 Could dun. be making a mistake here. I should have taken a blockbuster. Should have slowed down a little bit. Amazing movie. Keanu Reeves, rising star, about to take over the scene. Sandra Bullock, rising star, almost steals the movie. Super fast paced, hence the name. Amazing premise. Amazing villain in Dennis Hopper. Super simple movie. Nothing flashy about it. Never has there been a better bus jump scene ever. (laughs) 
Never have the laws of physics This was my favorite action broken. film for a long time. Uh, no, the laws of physics have been broken many more times. Much worse than Fast and the Furious, every single one. But that bus jump is so... What are you talking about? That is realistic. They do so that in camera. cathartic. Dennis Hopper, man. He is he's yeah. an icon. He is in a completely different movie than everyone else. But he is amazing. <laughs> Yes, he is. He, I don't he, know what he, he thinks he actually, he's in. I think he thinks he's an Academy Award winner. Like he he's playing he's playing the the psychotic. Like, I it is it is amazing to watch this guy act. He is yeah. Lynchian to the end. Oh yeah, to the end. I mean, I feel like he's playing a villain from like a 1960s Batman movie. Hundred completely different vibe, but it totally works, 100% and it works. makes the movie. Yes. I mean, a lot of things make the movie. Like, it's not hinging on him, but he just takes it to a whole another level. I think Speed may have been the first rated R movie I saw. I think that year is when I started watching it. I remember, I mean, it was my favorite action movie for years. It's also, I think, a sign of how, like, language profanity has changed. Because I remember watching that. I was like, wow, they, like, swear a lot. Like, mm. And I even was like, I was like 12. I was like, counting how many times. I remember they, like, said the F word seven times. And then, uh, and that's the actual number. I still remember. But like a movie like that now, you would have fifteen times as much profanity. Oh, which yeah. it's just, it's just, it's interesting. I know that's a weird, random take, but like I just remember when I was twelve, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm watching this movie. And uh, there are so many action movies that try to do what Speed did in, with that economy of storytelling which is a weird thing yeah. to say about this movie <laughs> but then just like economy of cinematic experience yeah. um and and so many so many fail to do that now we are to you matt you have drama and comedy right. left you have drama i am more ready for comedy but of course there are a lot of a lot of classic dramas that came out this year I'm going to go with a very conventional choice because it, it stuck with me through a lot of my life. And it was how I first kind of got summary of American history. And that's Forrest Gump. Um, I mean, I, I remember seeing this um, up in northern Wisconsin at a small movie theater. Um, had no idea what the movie was going to be. Knew there was like some doctored historical footage in the movie. I had no interest I mean, I knew Tom Hanks, but I just remember the movie. It seemed like I was watching it for like five hours, but not in a bad way. Kind of like, I'm, oh, I'm being absorbed into history here. And I think seeing that as a 12-year-old, it ended up being a framework for how I thought about periods in the second half of 20th century American history. And that's probably the case for a lot of people. Definitely. Um, I thought the job, the, sorry, the movie did a good job of like capturing kind of like I don't know, I'm not a baby boomer, but how like baby boomers experienced meaning of the world around them. Um, and there was enough comedy and good music where it was entertaining for me at that age. And I think if I were to watch it again, um, I would, I'd be entertained. Um, but I think not everyone on this, not all of you have seen this movie, right? Or you have all seen this. I've, I've seen it. I've never seen it. Aaron has Okay. Not. No, I've I've actually it's it's one of those films I've decided I'm, I'm never going to see. That's uh, is it? It's funny because I have another friend from Louisiana who um, 
doesn't have that take, but he's like the only person I know who hates this movie. Yeah, I, I just, I, I have, I have, I didn't see it when it was in theater theaters, and then everyone talked about it, and I felt like I'd basically seen it, you know, vicariously, and so I, I let it go for a long, long time, and then in college I was like, oh, maybe I'll give it a go, and I was at this party, and I'm watching this this movie in a back room, and this couple. I happen to know one of the people still to this day decides to sit down and start making out. I, I've, I've found an empty spot to watch a movie and they sit right in front of the TV screen and start making out <laughs> in the most gratuitous way possible, ruining the first like 10 minutes of this, this movie. And I'm like, I'm done. I'm never going to watch this movie. I've decided it is done for me. <laughs> Despite those people, I'm never going to watch never. it. again. It's actually a really good movie. It has gotten a lot of hate, I feel like, over the years. I, I just feel like the further and further we get from it, the younger generations just... The people who saw it um, when it came out and the younger generations are like starting to just say, like, mm, maybe it was not as good as we remembered or the younger generations would say, like, this movie's old and corny. It's super entertaining and it's super fun and has a really uh, pretty good story at the heart of it with really good cast and and really good acting. I love it. It's a great movie. Is it like, is it a masterpiece of art? No, probably not. It's super fun. It was like the movie that made people think Gary Sinise should be a star and then of course he wasn't. Gary Sinise is amazing. No, he's I'm an he's amazing great. actor. Yeah, he's, great, he's, he's only Lieutenant. he's only a character actor, though. You know, that was like, pretty good accent, Matt. <laughs> so, so I didn't. Re- I thought Robert Zemeckis was a little older. He's exactly. He's like four months older than my dad. He's seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes sense. Like he is exactly that age with that experience. I understand he didn't write the source material, but I feel like choosing to interpret that. He is weird. In my view, a weird filmography. I, I don't fully Super understand weird. his filmography. I've heard that he got his start in porn, so that may explain it. Did he really? I don't know. Somebody's going to have to Google it. I haven't done it, but that's what I've been told. Wait, wait. Did, did someone say that, that to you, or are you just throwing that out there? No, no, no. no. Someone long. told that to me. I haven't verified it. Was he, don't remember who told was he an actor or a filmmaker? Uh, a filmmaker, <laughs> from what I hear. Okay. Have you seen this porn? I've not seen anything. I've just heard okay. from someone. It, a discussion came up about Back to the Future. And they were like, oh, anyone who makes a movie like that has got to be a screwball or something. And I'm like, mm. oh, I like Zemeckis films. He's like, well, you got to start in porn. And I oh, have not fact-checked okay. that. But there it is. I have not heard about I can sort of see Romancing the Stone as kind of that zany edge. Okay, so Matt, you go again. You're... you're Comedy. Comedy is hard this year. Wait, wait, wait. There are a lot of movies. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Sorry. Don't mean to interrupt. But Matt's in the middle, so there shouldn't be any time that he goes again twice. I'm not in the middle. No, I'm in the middle. Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. My apologies. Get your snake straight, man. I'm the snake head. (laughs) I'm sure that feels good. (laughs) Or as other, the Zemeckis connotation, which is probably worse. Um, All right. Do it. Serve it up, man. You're up. Should we no, spin just... for dramatic effect, or do I just go right into... He can always put choices? that effect in. <laughs> Comedy. <laughs> so, there there are a lot of, I think, 
misfires in terms of comedy. There are a lot of movies that didn't make me laugh a lot. If I am I right that I'm I'm the last one with comedy, right? So I can I can yes mention a few things. Yes. Um, so this is I think Adam Sandler's first big year with Airheads, if I'm not mistaken. Um, not his best. Um, there's also uh, there's just like things like like Monkey Trouble, which I, this is a movie I've seen. I mean, th- these are movies that are utterly forgettable, did not make me laugh. Um, <laughs> Clerks came out this year, but I've never been a fan. I like some Kevin Smith, but Clerks didn't do it for me. Um, so I'm landing on kind of a a weird and repetitive choice because it's a movie that I owned. It's the first tape that I own second tape that I owned after Jurassic Park I can guess this and this movie made me laugh enough that I think if I watched again I would laugh probably not as much as Dumb and Dumber but it was the first one and that's Ace Ventura Pet Detective Mm. Um, it was was, that was the only other movie I was choosing between and you know I, I was definitely thinking Miami Dolphins are having a good year this year maybe it's Ace Ventura time this was a, a movie for some reason that I, the first movie I thought that was thought it was hilarious. I really I bought the videotape. I saw it in the theater. My friends were talking about it. We thought it was hilarious. Um, I thought the mystery was compelling, even though, and I knew it was screwball. Um, and the movie certainly did not age well. Like I haven't seen this for a long time, but there's aspects about this movie that, like, I mean, I don't know. It might not even be played for various reasons for a reason, but um. <laughs> It's um because I mean something is made comedic that 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 I think would not be appreciated. But um, I'll just go ahead and say it. I have never what's seen crazy, this movie. and I didn't. Oh, you haven't you seen this. Have to seen see. It. Look, honestly. Oh, then I will. Yeah, you have to see this movie. Yeah. Have you seen The Mask? Oh yeah, the, love The Mask. Three. Listen, so, that is that is probably one of the most impressive years for Jim Carrey. Yeah, those three movies come out in the same year. Yes. It's insane. It's insane. And I didn't realize it until tonight, until we recorded this. I didn't realize that these movies came out within like 10 months of each other. Um, And when I grew up, I just experienced it. It was like, first time I saw Jim Carrey, because I didn't know In Living Color. I I, I saw Ace Ventura. I was like, this man is hilarious. And then The Mask came out. And I was like, you know, I didn't think it was a very funny movie. But I was like, Jim Carrey. So, like, I enjoyed it. But, hey, not really funny like Ace Ventura. And then when Dumb and Dumber came out, I went twice. Yeah. Um, and now it makes sense to me. It seemed more spread out when I was that young, but they all—he just assaulted. He assaulted uh, the, box the world with those three movies. Cameron, you have to put this like at the top of your cube, just for the just for like the historical value, and also it's <laughs> historical. It's quick. Value. No, I actually agree. With it's that. quick. I and it's funny. I mean, like. Yeah, it's um, it's a really important film. It, I mean, it is, it is. It launched this whole like stupid comedy phase, and and it launched Jim Carrey. I mean, Jim Carrey was launched before that, but it was like, cat- it catapulted. Again, okay, let me move this. Then, just the mask, me, Dumb and Dumber. Another. Just I'm gonna move Fog of War behind. Please do. This. Please do. <laughs> okay. Another, another hairdo from Jim Carrey that is utterly memorable. I mean. Th- this whole movie, everything about it is perfect. It is amazing. I, the only reason Dumb and Dumber wins in this year for me is because I think it holds up better uh, under scrutiny. This sure. 
far away. Oh, this this movie does not hold up I under know. scrutiny. I know. <laughs> you'll see, you'll see, Cameron. It's on the queue, and it's now at the top somehow. Over and that many is not why I chose it. I'm just trying to tell you. I mean, this movie. There was no controversy about this movie in 1994, um, and it, it did launch Jim Carrey's career. And I'm not making any comments about the thing we're talking about, mm-hmm. but I'm just capturing what it was like in 1994 when I watched this film. Great. Love it. Okay, so that is me? Yes. Back to me. Okay, so I am left with Blockbuster. Okay. This really comes down to two films for me. <sighs> I thought you had two that you needed to reveal. I had two that I was going that I was like going back and forth on in terms of what I would take for wild card. Okay, okay. But uh so you're unhappy with your strategy. I I made I yeah, I'm a, I'm unhappy. I'm Fair leaving order. one on the table that I'm not happy about. I'm going to take in Blockbuster Mrs. Doubtfire. It is it was a like I feel like Almost every single movie that's been selected by the three of us, other than Ace Ventura, which I have not seen, was like a formative movie for me. I'm sorry, hold on. That's like, a 1993 film. Is it? Yeah, sorry. I would it have is. picked that you're, for comedy, you, but we that's, knew this would happen. that's you're gonna a 1993 film. Oh. So you're going to have to go to that movie that you left on the table and pull okay. it right back out. Okay. We would have definitely picked Mrs. Doubtfire for comedy over Ace Ventura. Yeah, I was Just want to put that out there for the audience, the world. (laughs) I was shocked for a moment. How did I overlook this? Okay, good. Thank you for clarifying. Also, because it makes me... uh, Sorry, Jim Carrey, but yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that means I will pick Clear and Present Danger for Blockbuster. Primetime, Harrison Ford being a badass. My first introduction to Willem Dafoe, and he was absolutely awesome. Uh, I think it was my first introduction to live action James Earl Jones. The Hunt for the Right October is the best Jack Ryan movie, but Harrison Ford is the best Jack Ryan. Don't know if this is better than Patriot Games, but incredible movies. Uh, Patriot Games is definitely the better of the two films, but Clear and Present Danger is awesome. And I think it's more intellectually interesting it's like mm-hmm. more politically interesting. It tackles um, some some like I think if I watch them now at my age and with my experience doing the work I do, I would prefer Clear and Present Danger <laughs> because it would stimulate something in my my like diplomatic geopolitical mind that isn't stimulated by Patriot Games. But Patriot Games is a much more hard hitting emotional gut punch. And you can tell that Tom Clancy is directly in his like uh, you know, wheelhouse in terms of what's what's being the story that's being told. I, I wanted so badly for Harrison Ford to be in Some of All Fears, which was supposed to come after yes. Clear and Present Danger. Was that Ben Affleck? It came out. So so what happened is Tom Clancy basically hated every film that was ever made about his books. He hated uh, he hated Hunt for the Red October. He hated Patriot Games. He hated Clear and Present Nature. He hated that Harrison Ford was like the star. He just hated everything about it. And so, so Harrison weird. Ford just walked away. And um, and I think a lot of the creatives walked away. And really, the you know, things have only gone downhill from there. But it's a shame because that was really – his writing was interesting. And it was probably the most interesting in, on that front. All right. 
So that leaves Aaron with the last pick. Uh, remind me what I'm picking. You are left with drama. Drama. Oh, big gun here. Yeah. Oh, man. This is tough. Um, By the way, we've left a ton on the board. Yeah, we have. I, I, I want to say that. And there is a. Com- I, I have to, we'll review some that we left on the board, but there is a comedy still on the board that is an absolute classic. Yeah, well, there's a couple actually. Are you talking view. about the Tim Allen comedy? No. Wait, what is the Tim Allen comedy? <laughs> so, okay, so Santa Claus. <laughs> that is a classic. <laughs> so I think um, I can go super sappy or I could go with something that I think is, is much more eloquent and impressive. Mm. I say go sappy. All right, I'll go I sappy. No, no, you know, you, you know what? No, I'm gonna go sappy. Heart. You make your choice. So, wow, I, I'm, I'm gonna, you I'm gonna, no conviction. I'm gonna double up on the the man who says other people have no conviction, and I'm <laughs> gonna go with Legends of the Fall. And oh. I'll tell you, Legends of the Fall. I was hoping you would is a film that really is way, way, way melodramatic. It is um, absolutely like male oriented soap opera and it is visually amazing. Anthony Hopkins is incredible. Uh, the music is brilliant. The story is absolutely perfect for a 13 year old. Like, <laughs> like, like I, I was so captivated by this movie as a 13 year old. I think I haven't watched it since then, but I think if I watched it again, I would be really shocked with how ridiculous the movie was. And Have how you really not seen this movie since I, you were 13? I, I think you yeah. saw this when you were in college. I Again, don't think so. Wow. No, no, I don't think so. Oh. I don't think so. It, the only chance I've is that I've maybe seen parts of it. Like oh, okay. I've seen like snippets yeah, yeah. or with someone else's watching. And there's like a um a solitary uh, like silent man quality to Brad Pitt in that film that harkens back to other stuff like Jeremiah Johnson and some of these like classic Western films, like Clint Eastwood style that m- probably would come across as like uh, pretty poorly today, like male and chauvinist and all these kind of like, not, it wouldn't quite fit the current, um, I don't know, acceptable male figure. Mm-hmm. I think um, this movie ended up, it, it took a surprising arc from my perspective. Like I did not see this movie when it came out. I saw this movie um, about 12, 13 years after it came out. And this is a movie that was told to me. Um, the whole story was told to me when I was uh, with my first Chinese language partner, the first time I lived in China. Um, it was about eight years after the movie came out. My language partner explained this whole movie to me, the whole plot in Chinese. Wow. And I was like, maybe I didn't understand it. But when I saw the movie, I was like, no, that was that was the movie. That's exactly what Wang Yolong explained to me. Um, his name literally, it means the king who has dragons. But he he explained to me this movie. And he also loved Forrest Gump. He's like, have you seen Forrest Gump? I said, yeah. He's, Do you remember that scene in Forrest Gump where Forrest has a paddle and Chairman Mao's face is on one side? I was like, yeah, he's always, that's hilarious. Wait, is that the ping pong so, scene? Yeah, no, this is my, my, okay. my first language partner in China. He loved that scene. Wow. And he also uh, loved Legends of the Fall and told me the whole story. 
including the ending, which sounded to me like it was not a real ending to a movie. And then it was. I can't even remember um, what happens at the end. Does he, the, it's a little bit like The Revenant, but... Yeah, it's, it's, kind, of dark, it's kind of dark uh, because there's like the very end, like the denouement. Yeah. But there's mm-hmm. like the ending is just a series of tragedies, basically. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I mean it, it's it, the film is it, the film is really tragic. It's but I think it's also really um, it, it it is it's like if a river runs through it met the revenant. There's like a quality of that yeah. that's going on there. Uh, for the listeners, Matt had to step away to do a phone call. In drama, I had the Shawshank Redemption. In thriller, I had Leon the Professional. In comedy, I had Maverick. In wild card, I had Speed. In blockbuster, I had Clear and Present Danger. Matt selections. Blockbuster, he had Lion King. For thriller, he had Pulp Fiction. For wild card, he had Chunking Express. For drama, he had Forrest Gump. And for comedy, he had Ace Ventura. Okay, wait a minute. Let me see if I got all mine right. For comedy, I had Dumb and Dumber. For drama, I had... This is the one that's confusing me because I get mixed up. For drama, I had Legends of the Fall. For thriller, I had Interview with the Vampire. Mm -hmm. And then for blockbuster, I had True Lies. Am I missing anything? You're missing your wild card, which was The Client. Ah, The Client. That was the one that threw everything off. Yes. Yes. Excellent. I feel like we all have really solid selections. Like, I mean, this was an amazing movie year. We didn't really... It was a great movie pref, year. Like, preface the year in terms of movies, but, like, an amazing movie year. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like you said, a lot was left on the table, though. Tons. Um, I, I can name a, a, a couple or three that were really high on my list. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah, okay, so... Great film. I kind of knew that you guys hadn't seen this, and I really wanted to bring it up. And it was the, the between this and Legends of the Fall, mm-hmm. Nobody's Fool. Oh yeah. If it's not high on your queue, coo- put it high on your queue. Yeah, put it coo to top. Okay. <laughs> no, I've seen it. Is, I've seen it. I need to rewatch oh, it though so because good. I saw it when I was really it little. So good. Paul Newman's best role in one of his last films, in my opinion. Um, the other films. Um, disclosure, and then the last one that I, w- I was going to mention, which is just a totally fun um, action film, is River Wild, which our sister absolutely loved mm-hmm. and I thought was amazing. One just personal one is D two, The Mighty Ducks. You you kind of missed The Mighty Ducks, right? It was a little past. So your I watched I watched it? Mighty Ducks with my kids for the first time. Oh the yeah, original. I was there. This was years yes. ago, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, and that was that was my intro to Mighty Ducks. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this was definitely my generation thing. I, you just missed it. Really good movie. Definitely like a generational thing, though. Um, yeah. I don't know if like a ton of people outside of my generation have any real connection to this movie or think it's good, but we'd love to know who you think made the best selections. We'll be posting a poll on Instagram and Twitter where you can vote. As always, we'd really appreciate if you could give our show a rating and a follow. It really helps us grow. Until next time, peace. Peace.